You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 44, Personal Transformation and Cosmic Exploration with Adam Roa. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Sarah and Christopher. Happy to have you. We have a lovely special guest today. Yes, we are kicking the new year off right. So we've had a few guests on so far, but Adam is awesome. And we are super excited to share this interview with you guys. Yes, yes. And before we get into Adam and what he's all about in that interview, we want to remind you that we're going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Arizona Veg Food Fest on January 20th at what time? 2.55 p.m. At the Apple stage. Yes. So we'll be speaking on our keynote topic, Finding Health, Happiness, and Connection, the Body-Mind-Soul Approach to Veganism. We're super excited to share this with the Arizona and Scottsdale audience out there. Um, And we're super excited to explore that area. We haven't been out there. So we'll be in Sedona for a few days, doing some hiking, eating some delicious organic vegan food, and then heading to Scottsdale to give our presentation. So if you're in the area, uh, would love to have you there. Would love to have you come check it out and make sure you say hi. Yes. Come up and uh, talk to us. So let's talk about Adam. Adam Roa is a coach, conscious content creator, and the host of the Deep Dive podcast. His potent spoken word poetry and deeply moving multimedia creations take the viewer on a transformational journey that leads to greater self-awareness and compassion for all life. Whether he's supporting high-impact individuals and creating profitable businesses, captivating audiences from the screens and stages, or facilitating breakthroughs at workshops and retreats, Adam shows up to life with consistent excellence and soul-inspired passion. Needless to say, he's doing some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, we really enjoyed talking to Adam on the show. You know, we're going to cover a wide variety of topics, but in particular, we're going to talk about Adam's self-discovery journey, how he went from essentially following the societal cookie-cutter outline, searching for happiness and recognition and popularity, to realizing, well, it was all a lie, and with that realization, decided to live a life according to his passions, and wow, how his journey has unfolded. It's incredible. We're also going to talk about his vision for his spoken word, what inspired this path of expression, and, you know, really what's moving him behind those words and how he wants the world to connect to it. And of course, we're going to talk about the source of inspiration for his new book, Cosmic Philosophy, A Month in the Light. And just a little sneak peek, It involves meditating inside the Egyptian pyramids. If that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know what will. Yeah, I'm super stoked for this book. Really, really, really pumped for it and uh, really excited to read it when it comes out. Absolutely. So without further ado, we'll go into the episode and make sure to wait at the end for your health tip. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are so happy to have Adam Roa on the show with us. Adam, welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I like that little voice you did there. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling my throat chakra open today. <laughs> I know. It, I got all of a sudden so professional. I was intimidated. <laughs> so, Adam, how are you? I am fantastic. I am in the midst of uh, like a whole rebirth uh, <laughs> currently. And so I'm just being in the exploration of what that means and the enjoyment of all the little nuances of that journey. Oh, man, I love that. I love hearing that. There's so many uh, deaths and rebirths throughout life. And uh, going through that rebirth cycle is always uh, one of the it's, it's just such a good feeling. Well, it's absolutely terrifying too at points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's funny. It felt like I was entering the year feeling like I was like completing a cycle and feeling so just complete and whole. And like I, I beat a certain level of a, a video game and then uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, there's another level. Here you go. Start over. You get to the end, you start over. <laughs> Just the, the full cycle. Uh, I know that all too well. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I can actually feel it when it's coming because you know there is a certain kind of, um, I don't know, comfort, I guess, you reach. And then all of a sudden you can, if you've been through it enough, you know, okay, I know what's happening. I know what's going to come. And you can almost kind of brace yourself, but you never know where it's going to come from. Mm, yeah, there's, I mean, sometimes there's that impending, now that you mentioned, I hadn't even put two and two together, but I remember feeling uh, a couple months ago, just like there's something coming. I don't know what it is, but I can feel there's something coming. So yeah, I think we can often feel like almost like the energetic growing pains that are, are present mm-hmm. sometimes. I like that. Yeah. I like that word, growing pains. Yeah, I mean, our intuition is incredibly powerful. And if we're tapped into it, then uh, we can certainly feel those changes coming, as Sarah mentioned. And uh, those moments are always, you know, you're relishing them, but then, you know, you're you're kind of waiting in anticipation. So you're growing a little nervous, some anxiety, but uh, it's always, uh, life is a ride. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, some life altering moments that you've had. So going through, I don't, for the people that don't know you, um, we can kind of talk about your story early on, um, and how you had a pivotal life altering moment at the age of 18 after achieving one of your biggest goals. And so if you want to take us back to that time and talk about that and kind of move into, uh, you know, where you are today and a little bit about your path of self-discovery, that'd be awesome. Yeah, happy to. Um, I basically uh, grew up feeling like achievement gave me my worth. Um, my father moved here from the Philippines and immigrated here and pursued the American dream. And the American dream is very much tied to materialism and achievement and, you know, get the career and, and the house and the car and, and all of that. And so that caused me um, to really want to prove my worth through achievement and materialism. And um, when you add in the fact that I was a really late bloomer uh, in high school, so there was like this chip on my shoulder as well for being this like tiny little kid. <laughs> and um, it just added fuel to that fire of, of wanting to achieve and, and prove to myself and to the world that somehow I was more worthy. And um, yeah, so the height of that really came in my senior year of high school when I won homecoming king. And that 
was kind of like the Holy Grail. Like I, I grew up watching those movies where like the, the popular homecoming king and prom king, that guy had all the girls and he like, he was so cool and he was the leading man. Like that's just kind of what I wanted. I wanted to, to have all those things. And um, when I won the, I'll call it very loosely an award, <laughs> but like the, the popularity contest, if you will, when I won that, uh, I remember waking up the next morning and being so empty because nothing had changed. I still felt such a des- like strong desire to be loved and that wasn't met. And I, I felt such um, shame and anger and, uh, you know, lack of self-confidence. There's so much that was still there that I thought would go away when I won it. And I have the mentality, um, and I think this is where that kind of nature-nurture thing comes in, but my nature was to begin questioning everything and saying, okay, well, all the movies and all the people said that I would be so happy if I was this popular guy, and that's not the case. So what else am I being lied to about? And uh, so I started just questioning, you know, they tell me to go to college and they tell me to get a career and they tell me to do this and this. And I started questioning all of that. And that was the beginning. That was the first catalyst for stepping out of the, the box that people are so often just told to stay in. Wow. Yeah. And you know what, for you to question things that early on, um, I think is admirable. I think a lot of people, um, especially I know Sarah and I can definitely relate to this, but a lot of people don't question things right away. They kind of just do as they're told and that societal conditioning just takes over and they just kind of walk through life as zombies. So for you to start that process early on, obviously has led you into what you're uh, doing today. So that's, that's really great. Yeah, thank you. I, and again, that's I'm not entirely sure if that's just all nature because there's so many people who can be in that exact same situation and say, "Huh, okay, well, let me just keep trying at this same game. Let me just mm-hmm. keep keep playing it, and maybe further along, I'll, it, I'll find it." But um, now I work with so many clients who have achieved the traditional view of success and are millionaires and have successful businesses and have families and kids and are like, I was lied to. I don't have what I've been seeking this whole time. I don't, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel that connected love and joy that I've been searching for. And unfortunately they, they find that spot at, you know, in their Mm forties. And, um, I was just really blessed to have, the perfect kind of concoction of things happen at the age of 18 and haven't, haven't really looked back since. Being able to recognize that fact, you know, at such a young age is kind of blowing my mind because, you know, I remember challenging the status quo, but I think it was more of a rebellious, um, (laughs) like egoic, rebellion rather than finding myself, you know, Mm. and it was me kind of playing in this creation, I guess, figuring out what makes me tick. But to find that, you know, something that you thought would make you happy and then you reached it and it didn't. And to have that realization that, okay, so this isn't true. What else isn't true? I'm just kind of blown away at that by age of 18. 
<laughs> Thank you. I, <laughs> I would love to take like some credit for it. But again, like I said, I'm not sure if that was just my nature. I will say that um, it wasn't an immediate thing. Like it wasn't immediately me going, oh, I'm, I'm just done with this whole path. No, mm-hmm. it was what it looked like for me was uh, I won it and then was left feeling that empty feeling. And then I said, okay, I'm kind of over this whole high school thing. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I okay. A lot of us so, are at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I said, so I'm, I'm checking out of this. And I, and I kind of stopped going to the parties and, and doing all that. And because, you know, the game of popularity, uh, mm-hmm. I felt like I had won it and, it and there was nothing there. And so I was over that and stopped participating and turned my sights to college. And once I got to college, I was like, wait, this is kind of the same thing. <laughs> and I said, okay, uh, well, let me start searching for what, what actually makes me happy. And I just started, luckily in business um, school, as part of being a marketing major, I had so many electives given to me. You're able to take so many different classes. And I started taking acting classes because I used to act as a kid. Oh, and nice. um, I was like, I used to love acting. I used to want to be an actor. Like, let me just do that because that was fun. And I started doing that and fell in love with it as an adult and was faced with this decision point because I had been working uh, as a paid intern in an advertising agency and they basically had a job offer on the table for me and said, you know, the moment you graduate, we want you to work here full time and here's the job offer and all this stuff. And I remember sitting there and thinking, okay, this is a choice point. This is a portal moment where I get to choose this life or follow what the only thing right now that's really making me happy, which is acting. And so I made that decision to leave the job behind and go pursue a career as an actor in Los Angeles. And that was the first of many leaps of faith and just trusting my intuition and trusting that if I follow my passion and my heart, that things will work out. And, um, yeah, it's not easy. And again, it took me many years to eventually make that, but I did want to, I will say, I did want to drop out of college to go, but I didn't do that. (laughs) And And so I did graduate. How many people told you you were absolutely out of your mind? It, It was less how much of them outright told me as just the energetics behind the, like, Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) Cool. And I think more commonly it was people thought that I would get it out of my system and then come back. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, yeah, I'm too stubborn for that. (laughs) You know what, Jill, following, following those passions, it's like you said, you just kind of take this leap of faith. You follow your gut instinct, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. And you let your heart drive your direction. And even though it was more practical and sensible, I think, to take that job offer, especially right after college, look at where you are now because of your ability to say, you know what, I'm going to follow where my beating heart takes me. Well, and your heart's a compass. And if we, if we listen to that and follow that, then it often, well, I would say most, if not all the time, leads us in the direction that we need to be in. 
And I know it's hard for a lot of people to see that at first. And generally, you don't, you might not see that right away. But if you let the process unfold naturally and let the universe guide you, you often find yourself in such an amazing situation and this place of just gratitude for the life that you are living because of doing that. Even if it's shitty sometimes. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, everything that we can imagine is limited by what we know. And mm-hmm. so, any path that you see for yourself is such a limitation. And when we can let go of the idea of the path and just start living moment to moment, we say, okay, in this moment, I'm going to make the decision that's the absolute best decision I can make right now based on who I am and what I know. And then Mm -hmm. 10 minutes later, whatever that decision is that you're faced where to go eat dinner, whatever it is, (laughs) I'm going to make the best decision I can make right now based on who I am and what I know. And you keep doing that over and over and over. And you might be moving, you might have an idea of the mountaintop that you're moving toward, but any idea of like, Oh, a year from now, here's what I'll be doing. And here's, here's the steps I'll be taking and, and what it'll look like is such a limitation because a week from now, you're going to be a different person. And so staying open to the exploration and not being attached uh, to the path and understanding that whatever you view as a limitation is really freeing when you can surrender into that. But it's a trust exercise. I love that you said that because one of the things we do and say with our clients that we work with through coaching is, you know, we're going to work with you on your vision. We're going to have fun playing with, you know, this picture that you can paint in your mind, but don't be attached to it because as you grow and shift your awareness around your values and shift in your mindset of who you are as a person, these visions may change and you might find that what you thought you wanted to do with your life was only based on where you were at presently when you made that vision. So you took the words and put it so eloquently to explain that the journey in and of itself is the unfoldment process that we just have to put faith in and ask ourselves that question. Yeah. And I, I posted on Facebook, uh, I don't know if it was today, yesterday, somewhere very recently, um, where I said, the money in my account does not allow me to follow my passion. Following my passion puts the money in my account. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so, so many people are saying, when this happens, then I will blank. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, It's not about even the external in that case. That's actually just a fundamental view of life that gets to be shifted if you want to become the person who is living your dreams because people who are living their dreams start living them before the external world gives them the permission to do it. (laughs) I'm going to like quote that and put it on my wall. (laughs) Well, it's funny because we were actually just having a similar conversation. We often have a lot of these similar conversations with each other all the time and uh, you, you hit it right on the head. And so many people I think are scared to then if they have a passion to then pursue that. And that's where fear and getting out of your comfort zone comes into play. And that, that also, um, I think for most people is, is there all the time. So getting out of that comfort zone of yours and exploring the unknown is where all the magic happens. Yeah. I mean, everything that you want lies outside of your comfort zone. If Mm -hmm. it didn't lie outside your comfort zone, it would be something you already have. Exactly. So, um, the, the, 
willingness to get uncomfortable and the comfortability within the discomfort is a valuable skill to cultivate um, as you're continually uh, calling in new stuff into your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also mentioned too, you talked about choice points. And I like that a lot because we all are faced with these different points in our life that we have to make. And th- th- we make small decisions every single day, but there's also major decisions that we make throughout our lives that then put us on the path that we're on. And so being conscious of those decisions and really thinking those things through um, is ex- extremely important and will get us on the path we need to be if we, if we, use our heart to make those decisions. Yeah, truly. We all have, we all have a, uh, inner guidance system, our, our intuition. And, uh, one, something that I've noticed a lot is I'll get inquiries from people who are interested in coaching with me primarily because there's something happening in their life that they're like, I could use a lot of guidance around this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the right decision for me to make in this thing? Do I get a divorce or not get a divorce? Do I take this new job? Do I not take this job? Do I move here and there? And they, they want some guidance around it. And the thing is that there is no, like every action is a neutral event. There, there's no, every action that someone takes is a neutral event until it's given meaning by the person. Mm-hmm. And so when someone says, oh, should I move to, to this whole new state or not? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could be moving to that state from a loving, intuitive place, or you could be moving because of fear. There's, and the identification of what is driving that decision is a, an ability to recognize what's your intuition and what's your ego mind and to separate those two things. And by the time you're in the big decision and like, I need to make this big decision. If you haven't cultivated that relationship to your intuition, it can be quite difficult to know what the, the move is. And that's why I tell people, don't wait until you need to make the, the free throw for a million dollars to start practicing your free throws. Like start practicing now, start getting in touch with your intuition, start cultivating a relationship with your higher self And then eventually there will be, because there always is, there will be a really big decision to make and you can trust in your own guidance. You won't need to to reach out to a coach that you've never worked with completely out of the blue to help you with one decision. I like that. You know, it is about practice and to increase our self-awareness around this topic, you do have to use smaller decisions in your life to become comfortable with that. And I like how you said it's important to know you know, I, in other words, you said it's important to know your why, you know, why are you wanting to make this decision and what's powering it? And, you know, I always say it boils down to needs and values, you know, and being able to identify what's being fulfilled and not being fulfilled in that moment, what would be and what wouldn't be if you made the decision and being able to put a little bit of logic to a mostly heartfelt, um, I guess, approach is a really sustainable way for people to trust themselves and knowing that they're making something that's in align, a decision that's in alignment with their core values and what truly makes them tick. Yeah. I think that you described pretty much what I do very, very well, which is I bring logic to the esoteric Mm -hmm. and 
and that is my gift. That's my approach. Um, my ability to take these concepts like the law of attraction and, and, uh, timeline hopping and higher self and, and just take these concepts and break them down into logical, practical tools. Um, because that's what they're meant to be. Um, you know, with like gravity, right? It's a law of gravity and we can sit here and try and figure out, okay, what does that actually mean? Or we can say, okay, this is what happens when the law of gravity is in effect. How do we have that work for us? Mm-hmm. Right. How do, do I spend all my time trying to fly and like jumping off of high places <laughs> or do I say, okay, how can I use gravity in a way that is really helpful? Such as I can actually walk somewhere. <laughs> gravity <laughs> allows me to walk somewhere. And that's a really just common sense example, but I think it applies at every level um, to whatever esoteric concept that someone is studying, how can you use it for your own growth and expansion and abundance? I like that. It puts the power back in the people's hands, you know, um, because they can fully understand it. I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit though. You said you went out to LA for an acting career. Is that what drew you into spoken word? Uh, no, actually I, I did, um, Let's see, I was doing the acting thing, you know, some appearances on some TV shows and and movies and things and um, was finding myself get entirely wrapped up in the career. So like my Mm -hmm. self-esteem was attached to every audition. And then I would book a role on TV and be like, wow, that didn't move the needle. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't do anything. So um, being in that similar feeling of, okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong, maybe maybe I kept saying, you know, when I'm on a TV show, like as a a regular or when I'm starring in movies, then I'll be able to do all the things that I want to do, like start a charity foundation or this or that. And I can really make an impact because I'll have fame. And, uh, I started to recognize just the amount of, um, power I was giving away, uh, Mm -hmm. to all the, the people who I was just like, maybe I'll get a phone call from this person. Maybe I'll get an audition. Maybe I'll get this. And it just didn't um, sit well with me. And I, it culminated in a really uh, very, very difficult year. One of the the most, probably the most difficult year of my life where all, everything just kind of fell apart. Um, And I said, okay, I need a break. I need to to figure myself out. I need to to soul search a little bit. And um, during that break, which lasted, I think about 18, 18 months or so, um, I started um, really diving into myself and my why. And uh, Azria, my partner of nine years, and I uh, were creating our own content. We've been creating our own content for about seven years, our own film stuff. And um, starting to put our why into the content we were creating. And the moment that that started happening it became more enjoyable than being on something that was on TV that wasn't in alignment. And that was really telling for me. And then all of a sudden we were at this event listening to these different speakers talk. And the last person to speak was a spoken word artist. And I had never heard spoken word poetry before. And at the moment he started talking, my body just like got a jolt. And I said, I can do that. I can do that. 
Well, you I didn't can know do that. how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how, and I didn't know why. I just knew that I could. And then the the um, poem that you guys saw online, that poem um, was actually the second poem I ever wrote, and I wrote it within a week of first writing spoken word poetry. Amazing. Wow. Well, it's beautiful, and it's. Um, I mean, that's not only you know, looking at your stuff online and watching some of your videos, but I was, Sarah and I both were drawn to you energetically just because of that exact uh, spoken word poetry. I mean, it's, it's incredible and it's well said and just everything about it. I, I loved, and I know Sarah did too. So um, yeah, kudos to you for, for writing that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's a true love of mine and now it's developed into um, a show and, you know, I've toured, toured that in Australia and have plans to tour it in Canada in probably May. Um, it's just evolving into its own thing. And I find that art has the power to transform human more than pretty much anything else. Uh, just the way that we receive art allows it to penetrate so deeply. And so when we can take our why and our messaging and our meaning and put it into art, it becomes exponentially more powerful. So what's your vision for sharing that with the world? What do you hope to see come from that? Uh, sharing what specifically? So your spoken word. Um, well, right now, my, my biggest excitement with my spoken word poetry is the show, Permission to Think Freely. Um, getting a chance to tour that in Australia was really huge because it reinforced the power that um, the, that, that poetry and that medium can have. And um, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's basically the show itself is six pieces of poetry that bookend personal development, spiritual development concepts and stories from what I've learned as a coach and from my own experiences of working in a refugee camp and, and building clean water wells in Africa and like these sorts of things and, and how they apply, like I said, logically into how we can actually shift the planet. And um, the poetry just serves as um, emphasis to those concepts. And um, so that's my most, what I'm most excited about right now. And then um, continuing to write and develop them into standalone pieces and maybe partner with some brands. Like I have a piece um, called water is life that I plan to approach some brands with to help spread that and and put that out into the world. And um, yeah, I just, I love it. Uh, I don't really know that I have like a game plan. Like I said, I'm just in the journey from moment to moment. <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, your latest project, uh, the book that you've been working on that's going to be released um, very soon here, Cosmic Philosophy, A Month in the <laughs> Light. So let's let's talk about that. I know I, I read some about, you know, you were in Egypt and, and things like that. So if you want to <laughs> dive into that, I want to hear all about this because it sounds pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's a wild ride. My life has gotten pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, I was in an ayahuasca ceremony and uh, I got the message to go to Egypt. And six days later, I was on a plane to Egypt, and it just so happened to be uh, lined up with the day that this retreat or this like, I don't even know if it's retreat is the right word, but this um, program started with the Resonance Academy, um, led by Nassim Haramine, who's a a physicist. And um, 
I, I am friends with his ex-wife. And so she kind of got me into the program. And because of who he is and, and the program itself, we had access to um, things that I wouldn't have been able to get access to on my own. And one of those things was we got to meditate inside each of the pyramids for two mm. hours on oh the night God. of the full moon. What? Um, yeah, so six hours of meditation inside the pyramids on the night of the full moon. And, what? Um, Shit. <laughs> then the, the, and uh, on top of that, we had people all over the world joining us in meditation at that time. So like there was a collective meditation thing happening all over the world. And um, the very next day uh, I was um, at the closing kind of ceremony and this woman was speaking and saying, I have to go, my, my flight's here, but I just want to say thank you to this gentleman who gave me this activation session and I started channeling the Pleiadians. And I, I don't even know who the Pleiadians are, but they have a message that they'll share with you, but I have to go. And it was just, my mind went, wait a second. She doesn't even, she hasn't even heard of the Pleiadians and she's channeling the Pleiadians because she had a session <laughs> with this dude. Like it's time I need a session with that guy. <laughs> and so he came to my hotel room with his apprentice and the two of them gave me a two hour session in my hotel room, like in Egypt the, the day after this, this pyramid meditation stuff. And for the next month, um, I would get on the phone with him and he would take me through a, a brief meditation. And then I would just start channeling messages, um, into my journal through writing. Like my eyes would basically be closed and I would just start writing. And, um, at a certain point it became clear that this shouldn't just live in my journal. And so I've taken these messages unfiltered, unedited, and, turn them into this book and uh, cosmic philosophy. And it, that's why it's called a month in the light, because every time we would, we would have these meditations, he would say, uh, let's go into the light. And then he would say, now you're in the light blessings and like hang up <laughs> after, after three minutes or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, they're messages from the light and they're, so, they're very profound. And I was sharing them just with my friends and they said, you have to start like putting those out. And I didn't know, Maybe I should just start putting them out on Facebook or, or what. But um, yeah, I'm really proud that this is going to be my first book because it's an insane story. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's crazy. Holy shit. Like, I'll just say that. Like, holy shit. That's incredible. Um, I really quickly, though, before we dive deeper into that, for our listeners who are unfamiliar what channeling is, do you mind maybe giving a brief um, description about what that means to you? Yeah. So um, in... Well, so channeling uh, on on the simplest level is really uh, getting out of getting the logical mind, the ego mind, out of the way, and just being as pure of a vessel as possible for for messages messages to come through you. Um, a lot of people will connect to a very particular frequency for those messages to come from. Uh, the way I would describe that is. Um, everything, you know, the universe exists as vibration and frequency. And um, we have a certain amount of bandwidth uh, in our toolkit that we have to perceive these frequencies, such as like a dog whistle. A human just doesn't have the tools to hear it. And yet we know that that frequency and that vibration exists because mm -hmm. dogs can hear it. And so similarly, uh, the, my belief is that there are frequencies of information that are out there uh, that most people are not tapping into. 
but we have the ability through practice or through some sort of activation or plant medicine or whatever it is to uh, tune our radio stations to that particular frequency. And then our job is just to get out of the way and let that pour through. And that would be how I describe channeling. I think that's a perfect explanation. Um, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. So man, I'm really like, this could go so many different ways. And I feel like this could be like five podcast episodes, but um, <laughs> one, this, this, this experience you had in Egypt is amazing. And Sarah and I have both have um, experienced the power of ayahuasca and what uh, the messages that you can receive from doing so. And um, mother ayahuasca is very powerful and, and can guide you in directions you never thought were possible. So you going to Egypt um, in this journey is absolutely incredible. And, and I want to ask you, have you, or are you familiar with the uh, book or the books, the law of one? Mm, I've heard of them, but I haven't read them. Okay. Well, you need to read them as soon as you can. <laughs> especially, especially now that you've had this um, experience and are creating a book from these channeling sessions, because that's essentially what the law of one, there's five books. Um, they were written in the eighties and it was all, it's just a transcript from um, back to back channeling sessions with one person channeling um, who called themselves Ra, the social complex Ra, R-A. Mm. And I feel that would be something right up your alley. Um, and I'm encouraging our listeners to venture out. It might sound a little uh, strange to you at first, <laughs> but venture out and with an open mind, you know, it doesn't hurt to explore. Yeah. I, I, I've read a number of channeled texts. Um, the, you know, like the Seth and Jane Roberts books yep. and, um, even conversations with God, right, is, mm -hmm. is a, a channel text done through writing similar to, to what mine is. I think that um, for a lot of people, they struggle with the idea of like channeling because there's a, a sense of like, what are you, ch like, are you channeling other beings? Are you channeling, uh, you know, like aliens? Like, what are you channeling? And I guess when you, I, I would ask the question, like, when you get an intuitive, like, hit when when your mind says oh i should really call this person where do you think that comes from mm -hmm. like where does that inspiration come from because whatever that was that that existed as some form of vibration some form of frequency and it it dropped in in a moment mm -hmm. and uh similarly you have access to like, that's why meditation, you know, Tim Ferriss um, is someone that I look up to and a lot of he's done, he's interviewed so many high, high performers and said the one commonality that they all have is a meditation practice and mm -hmm. the meditation practice. The reason why it's so important in my opinion is that the practice of meditation is in shutting down your normal frequencies that you listen to the frequency that's normally chattering in your head gets turned, the volume gets turned down. And when that happens, all of a sudden it's like, oh, what's this other thing that's coming through? Mm -hmm. What's this other frequency that I may not have been aware of before because my, my usual bandwidth is too loud. And so I think that that's, we talked earlier about how everything you want lies outside of your comfort zone. Yes, and outside of your comfort zone is a frequency that you don't yet embody. 
So everything you want also lies as a frequency outside of what you currently have. And so your open-mindedness to exploring this, and I, I do understand the difficulties sometimes with the esoteric languaging, but that's why, um, like I just, my book is about being as honest as possible with what happened. The, the, this, what happened in Egypt also, you know, the whole introduction of my book is explaining um, the, my awakening basically through ayahuasca because that's an important understanding for even how I got to Egypt to have that experience. And I'm very aware of how crazy it sounds. <laughs> like I don't, I don't pretend that I'm, I'm, you know, I would fit in as a normal person anymore. Like I'm doing some crazy stuff, but I will say that if you, if you follow me on social media or listen to my deep dive podcast, you're aware that like my life continues to exponentially bring me more joy and, and abundance and opportunity. And those are something that across the board, basically everyone wants. And mm -hmm. so um, if it's, if it's bringing that something's working and if it resonates with people, don't let your judgment, your prejudgments get in the way of something that might be really valuable. Yes, that is the little bit of inspiration that I'm hoping you were going to leave to motivate our listeners to just reach for it. Well, know? that and then the people that are ready to receive will receive what you're putting out there. And um, I'm very confident that uh, this book will be very well received. And I'm certainly eager to uh, read this. Um, and I'm really excited to check this out because it sounds amazing. So where can yeah, our listeners you. find you, follow you, get your book when it's out? What's, what's the deal there? Yeah, so the book will be coming out uh, in the later half of January. So by the time this podcast comes out, it may be out. But um, because of how I live my life, I don't like to set firm 100% because <laughs> everything can change in an instant. Uh, but basically, adamroa.com, A-D-A-M-R-O-A.com, will have all the information on my social media um, and the book will be on the homepage. And uh, my social media is Adam Roa on Facebook, Adam.roa on Instagram. And then the Deep Dive podcast is um, my podcast, which is available on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and the podcast app, all those things. Wonderful. Well, I definitely encourage our listeners to follow you up on that. And we just might have to have you back on the show for Adam Roa part two once the book comes out. Oh, thank you very much. I'd love that. We're, um, there's, I'll never, Never a lack of things to say mm -hmm. around this stuff. This has become my life and, and I really enjoy it. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for coming onto our show. We will definitely revisit this sometime in the future because I would like to dive deeper into some of those topics we just mentioned. Yeah, I would love to come back. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. Awesome chat. What a cool guy. Wow. Great conversation. We are definitely having him back on because I want to dive into the juicy details of that book when it's out. Yes, and everything in between. I mean, there's so much to talk about. We shared so many commonalities and uh, would love to love to bring Adam back on. Absolutely. So we thought it would be very fitting for the health tip of the episode to 
talk about meditation. You know, this is something that the word kind of gets thrown around a lot and you hear a lot of people say, ah, I'm no good at it, so I don't do it. Well, the good news is it's something that you can practice. And as Adam said, it's like getting out of your own way, tuning in your radio to those higher frequencies where you can connect with your higher self, your consciousness. And some of the ways that we believe it's helpful for people who don't usually meditate is to just start small. Start meditating for three minutes, five minutes maximum, no longer, because then you'll stress yourself out at first. You'll feel like, oh, you can't do it guess what? It's normal when you enter that space of silence to feel like you can't stop thinking. It's normal for those thoughts to be rushing through your mind. It's normal to start thinking about, ah, well, what do I got to do when I'm done with this? What's What bill did I forget to pay? That's okay. Allow yourself a few seconds to let those thoughts run through your mind, okay? So you just want to find a seated position. You want to lay on the ground somewhere where you feel comfortable and just close your eyes and connect. Take a few deep breaths. Become conscious of the way your body moves, the way your diaphragm moves when you breathe in and breathe out. And just be aware of your body in its existence, right? At that moment, you just want to silence as much as you can without forcing, paying attention to the outside sounds, paying attention to how you're feeling, allowing any thoughts and movement to happen without judgment, let it go. If more thoughts and movement happens, let it go. No judgment zone, right? Eventually, you'll get to a place where you can silence those thoughts without force. You can feel comfortable with yourself in that space. And it's a different experience for everyone. But as you practice, you can feel comfortable about increasing your length of time that you do sit still. Maybe you don't even close your eyes at first. It's okay. Step by step, eventually, before you know it, you'll be sitting, meditating like a pro for 30 minutes plus, And you'll go places you never thought possible. So, be patient with yourself in the process and remember to build a habit you have to practice yeah and if you some people like the guided route and that's good sometimes to start out that way uh great app to that i would recommend would to you can either go on youtube there's a lot of free videos on there um, but a great app on your phone to get be be to get headspace headspace is a wonderful app and the gentleman that created it is great. His meditations are extremely soothing, um, really relaxing, and he teaches you how to meditate, and it's a step-by-step process. So uh, check that out if you wanted to go the guided route, but uh, you can certainly just tune in with the breath and go from there. Absolutely, and you can also practice waking meditation where you just become more mindful and cognizant of your movements and motions in daily life. So increase that mindfulness, that presence, you're sure to be on a path of fulfillment. Okay, guys. Well, we really enjoyed this one, and we hope you got a lot out of it, and we'll talk to you soon. See you next time.